Hello, W6N, report my signals. Report my signals, over. Octopody. Octopody. I have to say, I, I re-listened to the original Octopody pilot episode at work today. Oh, yeah. And I did get the feeling there was a, a definite difference in um, intellectual content. <laughs> the critique. <laughs> oh, yes, and it's, it's, a, it's a brutalist postmodern set with mid-century... Ex- and then me and Dad are like, yeah, yeah, she's fit. She's no, fit. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he's got an MP5, and uh, you know. <laughs> I think there's going to be some editing, isn't there? Hello, and welcome to Octopody. I'm your host, Ed Hall. This is a brand new podcast for Bond fans. It's a light-hearted look at 007, where I, a super fan take a bunch of newbies and long-time fans through the movies of the world's most famous secret agent. We talk about the good, the bad, the funny, the plots and plot holes. We touch on political correctness and how we feel about movies and characters that, in a post-Me Too era, might be a little bit tougher to support. But we're here to poke fun and have a good time and celebrate all things Bond. So, episode (laughs) 2 comes almost exactly a year after the pilot. I blame babies, work, emigration, a global pandemic for that. Um, Not that there's thousands of people itching for this, but here we are anyway. Um, This episode is a discussion with my brother James and my dad Jeremy. Um, They're big Bond fans too, it sort of runs in the family, so I asked them to go back and re-watch From Russia With Love, a film that all of us hadn't really seen in a while, so... There's a little bit of swearing, there's three northern accents and a lot of getting the uh, sort of sequence of events in the film muddled, so apologies for that. It's a little less highbrow than my chat with Alex in the previous episode, but uh, you know, you really can't get the guests these days. Apologies for the audio quality in the first half of this chat. We did pick up on the technical glitch a little bit later, but hopefully you'll find it a fun discussion. going to tell us about your um, your first memory of Bond or something like that? I was because I, I was watching um, From Russia today and like I say, you watch it with a different sort of context don't you? When you're uh, studying it and, and the memories came flooding back to me and I think, yeah, that's how I got into Bond, I remember and uh, what happened was I'd be, and I can even tell you the year it was 1968 and uh, we just moved houses and we're having a new house done up and my dad had a study because we were proper middle class and on one wall of the study was uh, like a library bookshelves on one half he had all the intellectual books and on the other half was just like novels and stuff like that and amongst them was the james bond books and in those days, you got to, I'm the generation that watched Bond twice a year. Was it Christmas? Was it Easter? Mm. There must have been a Bond film on that we watched, and I was into Bond. And I asked permission to read one of the uh, James Bond novels. My dad let me, so I was eight, eight, possibly nine. 
and I read it and I was like it's a bond mm. and I remember we were having lay, uh, Lionel laid on the kitchen floor and off out of the offcuts I made a wallet right? and inside the wallet was an identity card and all this stuff and the joiner he helped me build a go-kart which was me Aston Martin <laughs> right? and he made a dagger out of wood Wow. And I remember going up and down the front of the house of go-kart with my little wallet and my dagger and I was James Bond, 1968. Wow. And, and then the actual first film I saw was uh, my dad took me to see on the Magic Secret Service, which was 69, was it, or 70? 69. 69, so I'd be nine years old. I don't know what the guidance was, but uh, mm. my dad took me to see Her Majesty's and it was brilliant. So what was? So there you are. That's how I got into Bond. What was? What was the cinema you would have seen that in then? It was the Grand, where everybody smoked. There were ashtrays, and they were like proper. It was tiered. It was on the slope. The uh, the cinema, and the ladies came and sold ice cream at half time. <laughs> wow! How decadent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, on that on that theme, James, what was what's your sort of uh, entree into James Bond, if you can even remember i can't really i think uh i think bond had always been there like you say on telly i think it was on more regular than mm. it was always on at christmas uh, it's always it had just been a thing hadn't it um, well i didn't get into it until you were bit by the bug and that sort of infected everything yeah uh, <laughs> my, my interest because uh, i i think i don't want to speak for you but my one of my earliest memories was for some reason live and let die and I think I remember us watching it with our cousins. So for some reason, I remember that at maybe Christmas time, uh, Live and Let Die, and the sort of um, Baron Samadhi and all the voodoo stuff. That that might have been one of the first sort of memories I've got. The other memory I have is um, of mum and dad going to watch Goldeneye one night, and we, I think, next doors came and babysat, and they went to see Goldeneye because I remember. Um, thinking this is a rarity mum and dad are going to the cinema but they said no the new Bond film's coming out and I remember we were really pissed off me and you and I remember after that we went to watch Tomorrow Never Dies we went to watch Tomorrow Never Dies and I could go yes, and I remember, um, I remember being very nervous that they wouldn't let us in because I was underage because I would have been uh, 10 and obviously it was a 12 certificate although they're, gonna, they're not going to let me in and mum was like you'll be fine and of course they didn't they even bother did they um, I do remember watching the Tina Turner Goldeneye video on top of the pops in the kitchen Yeah. and I remember mum getting quite animated when Tina came on <laughs> I can remember he recorded them all on telly there was a season there was one on every week yeah, can well, you remember? You. Yeah. Can you remember what it was called? No, I can't. I think it was called Double O Heaven on ITV. Ah, could have been. And it's funny because even for a long time after I got the DVDs, when I was watching them, I'd be like, "There's an ad break coming up," because I knew exactly where they were going to cut. You know, Christatos or whatever has just been on. Oh God, it's going to be that Cornetto advert again. You want to taste and help yourself. Just help yourself. With the, uh, do you remember with the cherub who fires the cornettos? Anyway, yeah, double O heaven. <laughs> Three hour tapes. Mm. 
From Russia With Love is the second Eon Productions James Bond film. Released in 1963, only a year after the success of Doctor No, the film helped cement 007 as the new hero of the silver screen. The film added more signature elements to the franchise, like the standalone opening sequence, the gadgets from Q Branch, the visually striking titles, and the John Barry score. The screenplay is based on the fifth Ian Fleming Bond novel and stays fairly close to the original. The book was a favourite of President John F. Kennedy and the film was the last film he watched in November 1963 before heading to Dallas. The plot centres around Spectre who want revenge for the killing of their agent Dr. No. The plan is to lure James Bond and the British government into a trap by presenting the opportunity to obtain a lector decoding machine. Critics and fans consider it to be one of Connery's finest outings as James Bond. This is my favourite song. It's possibly my um, top three of, of all the Bonds. Yeah, wow. it's, a, it's a brilliant film. Love it to bits. James? Yeah, Sean's strongest, in my opinion. Wow. Um, all the elements are there. Proper spying, proper espionage, Cold mm. War. You know, the top uh, Bond girls, she's in, she's in the top five easily. Yeah. Uh, Red Grant's in one of my top five uh, villains, mm. men or whatever you want to call him. Uh, Gadgets, the uh, suitcase is in there for me. So there's absolutely loads of things there and that, I love that are in that film. Arguably, um, you know, his best, one of his best allies as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, a legend. what strikes me straight away, um, rewatching it, was this was released a year after Doctor No, which is pretty quick turnaround compared to, you know, we're coming up to seven years for No Time to Die. What strikes me is just how much of a sequel it feels like in a way. Obviously, you get his girlfriend, don't you, and stuff at the beginning, and there's a bit of continuity, and, um, you know, the the sort of repartee between M and Moneypenny and everything. It feels like you've just finished Doctor No and you could roll straight into this, doesn't um, it? There is, there is the reference to getting revenge for Doctor No, isn't there? Yeah. That's there. I always forget that it's one sort of big part of their main plan, isn't it? It's to avenge their Bond killing Doctor No, which seems a bit sort of like, why do you care that much, you know? But yeah, they're, they're sort of hell bent on revenge. So yeah, so this was this was like pr- pretty quickly went into production after Doctor No, um, and obviously it was the same team, it was the same director and everything. Um, and there's some pretty amazing stories, isn't there, about the director when they were filming this, like that that sort of helicopter crash. I don't yeah. know if you guys know about that, but that's like, you know, when he crashed that helicopter into the lock, and then just within half an hour was filming again. It's just unbelievable. You can't. Well, Can't apparently imagine. they were actually on the bottom, still in the bubble, trying to get out of the bubble. They had to get them out. Yeah. And then uh, they cracked on. They got in another one and carried on. <laughs> hey, hey, it's a different time, isn't it? <laughs> so we open up. Uh, it's got a pretty good cold open, this one. So it sets the template for the cold open because Dr. No didn't have one, did it? Um, so what happens here, James? We, it's, it's sort of a, a stalking thing, isn't it? It's it's an iconic scene. Uh, 
very strong. And I, I go out on a limb and I say it's the strongest opening of any Bond film. Wow. There's atmosphere, there's tension. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, um, you, you mean? I also, um, sorry, go on. So I was going to say, I um, I don't know if it's just my imagination, but I do feel watching it this time that uh, Connery's makeup. Oh God! Was almost overdone. I don't know if that was the intentional <laughs> filming choice or if it's my perception. No, you're exactly right. But yeah, it it looks exactly plastered in makeup, and I don't know if that's <laughs> because later on they reveal, you know, they take the mask off and reveal the the, uh, the moustache. Yeah, I think it's um, intentional, isn't it? But when you watch it and you just know what Connery looks like, it just jars with you, doesn't it? Because he's got like proper red lips, and you think, "Oh, look at him! He's got a bit of rouge on." <laughs> but yeah, it's um, a bit weird. Yeah, I, I like. Um, it is a brilliant opening, and I like <laughs> the way you see um, Red Grant there, and he looks mm. yeah, it does bastard right yeah. from the beginning, doesn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, um, you think, oh, right, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a proper baddie. But what I quite like about him is he's quite a handsome dude as well, you know what I mean? Like, he's a bit like, you know, with Sean Bean and Pierce in GoldenEye, they were meant to be rivals, weren't they? And they but Sean wasn't, you know, quite as dashing or whatever. But I think Red Grant's a similar sort of thing where he's a pretty chiselled-looking dude, isn't he? And he's got a good mm. tan and everything. And you think, oh, yeah, he's a pretty handsome, uh, mm. handsome character. He's like in in that respect, he's sort of every match for Connery, isn't he? Um, yeah, I mean physically, you'd have thought later on in the film we do see him topless and that, mm. and, and physique wise, it snaps Sean in half. Yeah. <laughs> you, know yeah. I mean? you know what I mean? On, on a physical level, there's no way Sean's. Well, if you take a punch, can't he? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we'll come to that later on. But, um, yeah. One uh, one small note I didn't, and I've never noticed it before this viewing was uh, when Red Grant puts the garrotting wire over Sean's neck it sped up for us uh, I don't know if anyone's ever noticed it it, yeah. it sped the tape up yeah. and I've never noticed it as he goes over with the wire it sped up to make it even faster never noticed it before um, yeah. yeah and this is where you've got everything punctuated by um, the sort of John Barry the first sort of real John Barry score, isn't it? You know, with the yeah. da, 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 and you got all these little stabs of, um, you know, like trumpet and stuff, which is, um, sort of of its time really. Now it's like they call it Mickey Mousing, don't they? Where it's a bit sort of like mimics this whatever's happening. But I don't know about you lot, but it's on a modern TV with all your surround sound and everything. It's really abrupt. It like the music yeah, just goes bam through everything, and it's quite jarring. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so then, so obviously, yeah, he gets garroted, and then they sort of reveal, and there's a very satisfying face peel sound. I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> Do you know, you've you've you that off me because it goes. <laughs> it does and I don't know what they've used what have the Foley artists used in the studio to do that I really don't know I considering, considering the mask looks like it's literally just been placed over yeah, his head exactly <laughs> papier mache even and, uh, apparently they, they had to refilm that mm. the, uh, the bloke that they got was uh, looked like Sean Connery but when they actually filmed it they couldn't tell the difference yeah. it looked exactly like him so they had to get somebody else didn't they have to film. stick a moustache on him or something just to <laughs> yeah. make doubly sure that he's not Sean Connery <laughs> um, 
Well, it's it's hard to forget. I mean, it's easy to forget that people were watching this on some, you know, dodgy projector in the middle of nowhere or whatever, where we're watching it in Blu-ray detail with all, you know, like it's blatantly yeah. not shown, but you wouldn't have been able to tell from the back of a cinema, I guess. Um, and then you reveal, um, you get a, a sort of cameo appearance or at least a, a recurring actor here. Who is it? Oh, General Gorgon. Yeah. Uh, Walter Gottel, is it? Walter, Walter Gottel, yeah. yeah. Playing a different character, Morzeni, he's called. Um, so, yeah, but he looks exactly the same. He's just got darker hair, hasn't he? Still lost yeah. all of his hair. Um, but, yeah, it's a good, you know, good opening. You get the lights coming on and then the straight into the um, the music, into the pre-titles, into the Albert R. Broccoli and everything. Um, which is that's probably my favourite intro into a title <clears throat> sequence is the um, it's like pretty cool isn't it it is um, um, but I like the um, there's a bit of that funky organ going on the, the Hammond organ from oh, Russia with Love recital spikes of funky organ yeah because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the that that still strikes me as weird as like you get Matt Monroe to sing the opening titles and you use a Hammond organ recital of it with like and I don't know if you noticed but when the um when the sort of like belly dancers are really giving it some it goes <laughs> with the hips <laughs> it's really cheesy um, but uh, Matt Monroe was very upset you know was he because he he didn't know. He was expecting it to, his Bond song to be at the beginning of the film, but obviously it wasn't. And uh, he didn't know anything about it, and he went with his wife to see it. And um, obviously it doesn't come on till the very end. Oh, um, God, uh, yeah. He was really upset about it. Yeah. I'd have been annoyed. Um, but it's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah, it's, it's a good song. Strong titles. Um, yeah, that is, that are, they're some of my favourite titles. They're, um, it's a, a guy called... Uh, um, oh God, what's his name? But it wasn't Maurice Binder. It was it was a graphic no. designer who did it. Um, quite a long name. I can't remember what it was. Robert Brown, Johnny was called. That's it. And if you look, I was watching it on like you know ridiculously high res, and the titles still look. If you just took the titles yeah. out of the film, they look like they were shot ten years ago, not fifty years ago. Um, so they're pretty amazing, really, and a simple idea, isn't it? Just projecting type onto yeah. Um, yeah. onto some but surfaces. Definitely the uh, the seeds, the seeds of the of the um, the format for the titles are there. Yeah, you know, low budget, but they're there. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I think he did um, Goldfinger as well, didn't he? Before. Yeah, he did Goldfinger, and then. I think he sort of pushed it, didn't he? On on Goldfinger, he introduced footage as well, but on this one, it's just yeah, yeah. just a bit of type. Yeah, it's good. Um, and then we, you know, we we come out of that into uh, the sort of um, I think it's the punting, right? Do we get into um, the Riverside or are we? Oh no, we open on the chess, don't we? Chess match. The chess, yeah, yeah. With uh, Kronstein and uh, and the Canadian fella. And that is a pretty incredible set. I love that set. That's a good set, yeah. It's. I know this is. I don't know whether you think this, James, but this is really sort of. Um, 
it is a bit of a hangover from the 50s or something that set it's like looks quite old school in a way old it school movie making um but it's it's good and it, like what's amazing is the when you get the wide shot of the whole set it's um the the sort of ceiling of the of the building is a matte painting that they've blended in with the set and the painted backdrop which is incredible when you look it's absolutely seamless you can't tell at all um so yeah so so Kronstein gets his his orders to report to Spectre I, and they're really subtle, aren't they, Spectre? They put, they, they put it on his note, on his paper, and there's a big picture of a bloody big octopus. <laughs> An octopus, and someone's probably had to sit in the back of this chess competition with a typewriter and try and wedge wedge a, a little paper <laughs> coaster in there and try and type, you know, report out. Well, I wonder how short they tried to get it first needed but now. Um, I'd just like to give a shout-out to the... Man with a pipe, oh. who's moving the pieces on the oh, giant yeah. board? He's got a proper pattern. Yes, I saw. I never saw noticed that. No. Oh, yes, what a legend! He's got to have a shout out. <laughs> Smoking on the job. Well, and and he is basically the equivalent of a giant digital screen now, isn't he? <laughs> just like, yeah, he's just so redundant. Oh. Poor guy. Um. So yes, yeah, so Kronstein sort of within two moves just sort of checkmates that guy and off he walks quite arrogant doesn't sign any autographs I noticed no mm, yeah. rude um, and then I, I don't know if this is the point to mention the book or not because if you read the book Bond doesn't actually appear till about chapter 13 but it, it goes into the characters of Tronstein and uh, Grant and uh, Clem in quite detail Right, and um, and I like it in the film that they get them because in the in the book he's an arrogant pillock in Goldstein. Yeah, uh, they get that in seconds where it takes Fleming a couple of chapters. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they get the characters through really well with those uh, those three. It's a good yeah. mo- good movie making. Um, yeah, and he reports to um, the the sort of most fake looking bolt set in the world. Um, she's she's evil anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah, wanna, I wouldn't want to mess with her. No. Um, yeah. But yeah, so she's... Is this, the, is this the first introduction to the iconic white Blofeld cat in the scene? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also I think, who's holding the, the cat? Here's another interesting one. Who plays Blofeld? I know this. Go on, James, have a guess. I'm going to have a wild guess. It's something ridiculous like Terence Young or something. <laughs> no. it's, it's Professor Dent out of Doctor No. Oh, mm. So I mean, they could get anybody to do that, couldn't they? You know, <laughs> they, they get him back to sit there and do it. Yeah, yeah. I think he had a. Didn't he have a mortgage to pay for? No, I'm joking. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he just had an extension done, and he needed the work. Um. So yeah, no, you're right, James. You get the um. Yeah, we get the sort of Blofeld sort of cat, don't we? And we get the intro to Spectre and the, you know, counter Danny's fighting fish and all that. Yeah. Oh, I love the detail of the fish tank. Did you notice the fish tank? The the uh, fray for the fish tank has got the Spectre octopus at the bottom. No. Of the that, yeah. I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah. 
that's what I quite like as a graphic designer. That's what I quite like about the Bond villains. They really, they really stay on brand once they've once they've had a logo design. They, oh yeah, let's. I want a coaster. I want a little thing, a little frilly frame for my fish. And, we have uh, opportunity to tout for their business. Ends. Yeah, <laughs> I need a yeah, ring. That'd be an interesting presentation, then. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get it wrong, for God's sake. No. <laughs> Fried in my chair. <laughs> or even worse, if I'm on a Zoom call, I'll get one of those um, live and let die ear explosions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, go uh, on. Just one more thing I noticed was, yet again, someone smoking in this scene. Mm. Kronstein uh, blazes up. Yeah, he's, oh, he was smoking through the chess match as well, I noticed. Um, and quite casually, he's quite a cool smoker, that guy. He's, he's always just hanging from his mouth. He'd never... He's never taken a drag from it. It's just, it's just there, isn't but it? It's the world's longest cigarette as well. I mean, it's, a <laughs> it's a standard, oh, standard issue Spectre cigarette. That one. It, it's it gets, got the branded round. It's got the octopus on it, <laughs> and it's, it can get you just through enough a briefing scene, just all the way through. You don't have to light up another. So yeah, so we get. Um, this is interesting because we get. Cleb, who is obviously the sort of, um, she's almost the heavy, right? And then Kronstein's the brains, and they sort of use them uh, together. And and Kronstein's number two, isn't he? Yeah. So he sort of technically is above Cleb, but Cleb's the sort of like, oh, I've recruited someone and all of that business. And um, and as you mentioned earlier, this is where we get the fact that they want revenge for Doctor No, um, so they're going to do this sort of. The plot really is we're going to sort of trap the British, trick the British by using the Russians' sort of uh, lector decoding device to lure them in and uh, and then kill Bond. Um, and as a bonus, we get the lector. And we get the lector. Um, oh. So, yeah, quite a simple plot, and I think it, it benefits from a simple plot. I don't know what you guys think, but I think once we start getting into the sort of more complex stuff it's, you start to sort of uh, tune out a little bit um, and it's you know within one scene you go right okay I understand what the bad guys are going to do let's just yeah. get on with it and have some fun yeah I, I actually timed it and the the introduction to all the main characters to find out who they are and the personalities all the rest of it and the mission right up to uh, him meeting his mate what um, the hell is called Karen. is that like, uh, yeah going Bray it's half an hour so you, you've got all that information it's all done and dusted you know exactly what's going on in that half an hour yeah mm. um, so I think yeah this is this sort of scene moves pretty quick you get the fighting fish you get that tricky little edit from uh, from Peter Hunt did you notice what, what he does here in this scene no so he reverses the same piece of footage of Rosa Klebb moving to the chair when she's looking at the fighting fish. She moves over, but she walks backwards because they didn't have enough footage from the scene. And then he uses the same piece of footage, but forwards for her to go back and sit down again. So it's literally the same piece, goes backwards, you have a look at the fish, and then it goes back the other way. So really simple trick edit, but she don't notice. No, I didn't notice that. No, I picked up on that. And then the other thing that they do is they did some. I think I might be wrong here, but I think they did some pickup shots of Rosa Klebb. You know, like they, they had to go back and shoot some more. So what they did was they shot her in front of a back projection of herself and positioned her in front of a back projection, so she covered herself in the scene. 
and re-recorded the dialogue. So she's actually in in many of it. She's sitting really still and delivering the the sort of dialogue in front of a back projection of herself in the in the boat set. So yeah, really simple. Um, I guess movie making one on one. Um, so from there we uh, I think we go into um, we go into Bond, don't we? I, th- I think we're on the Bond on the punt. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is brilliant. No, classic. no, we don't. No, no. Oh, this this one, this no. one, No, then we go to Spectre Island. Of course. Oh my goodness. We do. Yes. We we go to Spectre Island. The helicopter lands. That's right. Yeah, you're right. And we meet our mate again, Walter. Yes. Um, and um, uh, it's all really badly dubbed because they filmed it in front of a, a fucking helicopter with the <laughs> with the blades going round like shit. We're gonna have to re-record all of this. Can't hear a thing. And so they're really badly dubbed, even though it's their own voices. It's terrible. Um, yeah. And he's, if you notice, he tries to be all gentlemanly, doesn't he? he like. Offers yeah. his hand and that, like she's having none of it, and he's like, Oh, yeah. get do? on with it, she says. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, then they, they walk through the um, the Spectre training camp, mm. which you couldn't hear while they were having that conversation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you walk through, and there's bombs going off, machine guns, <laughs> machine gun, <laughs> one of them's even there's a bloke even firing off a Bren gun, <laughs> which you could probably hear. <laughs> <laughs> which um, the allies could hear across the channel exactly um, but I did notice I mean for me I, I thought it was I mean obviously I didn't live through that that era but there's uh, a lot of karate and judo going on there which mm. I don't know if that was a common thing in the early 60s early 60s but I thought oh was it? but there was quite a lot of the karate martial arts thing yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah, I think it'd be relatively new then. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's quite a long time before the kung fu craze and all that, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah so I thought, oh yeah. And uh, they um they go through the same piece of set twice, which is yeah, the very famous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's just uh, set up the camera shot. over here and get the flamethrowers going again. I love how they're like, oh, we use live targets, and it's just a load of blokes running behind all of the dangerous stuff, <laughs> just running through the scene. Um, but yeah, so Spectre Island is basically the main house at Pinewood, isn't it? Oh, um, we, we missed the beginning of the massage, have we not? No, no, no. Then we get to the massage. Right. We go through the training camp mm. into the into the bushes. Which is quite a uh, it's quite a sexy scene, really, isn't it? Well, got... it isn't. It isn't, Eddie, because that that bloody bikini she's wearing, right? So you've got Ursula Andress in Doctor No comes out to see sexiest bugger in that little bikini. She's got a granny's knickers on. Have you seen the size of those knickers? <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it spoils it for me. She's it a, spoils it. She's a professional. She's a she's a, 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 a she's a masseuse. She's a masseuse. She's a masseuse with baggy knickers. Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty saucy for the time. Oh well, uh, yeah, probably for the time. Yeah, I, um, I liked his um, very period rowing machine that we see in the background. Yeah, and he's got a he's got a bit of period uh, sort of um, yeah, sort of gym gear, hasn't he, round round the back? 
and uh, and his tiny little towel that doesn't even meet. He's got a little V down the side like a mini skirt. <laughs> so, but yeah, like you said earlier, he's uh, he's he looks henched here. So you're now going right, okay, this guy's going to be a real physical yeah. match. And because uh, he said he's psychotic, and uh, mm. which prison did he not... escape from? Was it Dartmoor? Where was Scrubs? No, Where's... Dartmoor. Or was it that, right? Mm. Uh, um, it's it, Irish original, isn't it? In the book, I think he's Irish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you get uh, you get a bit of uh, yeah Red Grant uh, getting punched with a knuckle duster. Oh yeah. Painful. And that punch looks proper. Yeah, it, it does. It does. People see flinches in his face and everything. Bloody hell, that's convincing. I rewound. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think she was even a proper actress, really, was she? I thought she was like a famous singer at the time or something. She was. That's right. Yeah, so she right. probably yeah. just swung for him. Oh fuck it. <laughs> um, so and then yeah, I, I, I like the way when when she first turns up there and the, they shout him and straight away he's mm. he's the submissive one into his life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's she's the boss. Oh, and then and then it's the punch, and then within a second she's like, "Yep, he's fit enough. Let's do it. Yeah. No, no messing around." So again, we're keeping the pace of everything going really quickly. So and then where do we go from there? Is that James? Where yeah. do we go next? Then we we go to Istanbul um, mm. with with Tatiana. Uh, Tatiana coming out of the, um, the consulate. Yeah. Oh, um, with the minutes. Yeah, yeah. With her mates, and she goes off with a little note because obviously she needs to go somewhere. And uh, Robin pointed out this was a, a something Robin noticed that she walks up those very jagged cobbles up that hill. Yeah. In very high shoes, which Robin thought was unrealistic. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also I, noticed. That, I didn't notice that. <laughs> well, I actually did notice that because I was thinking about um, Istanbul and I was like, it's an exotic place really even now to me but then when you look at it it looks half finished doesn't it you know like the cobbles and the she's walking outside uh, on her way to the market or whatever where she's meeting Cleb and it just looks rough rough around the edges and a bit sort of feral doesn't it I don't know it's quite an exciting place yeah um, and that's quite a good little set as well where you know she obviously meets her and she opens the door and everything and it's kind of there's some really cool, like I don't know if you noticed, but behind her there's um, there's like camel, a painting of like a camel going through the desert, and it's all worn off. It's really well done. It looks really cool. Um, so this is the the sort of you know Colonel Kleb sort of basically recruits her, threatens her, um, and says you know you're gonna do this. Um, you no choice. No choice, and you will not leave this room alive. Mm. Um, which is yeah, she's pretty scary, and her glasses scare the life out of me. Well, I, I put that as one of my notes. The glasses. She obviously visited the NHS before filming. <laughs> she went to the same uh, optician as Gandhi. Everyone's a winner with that one. I mean, they yeah. really are like jam job. Thing. I mean. I wonder if she needed glasses in real life because if you wore them, even as an actress, <coughs> oh, you'd, have eyes you'd feel like sure. you'd feel like being throwing up, wouldn't you? After wearing yeah, them for two minutes. Yeah, she's only got them on for a minute, haven't she? Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard life being an actor, isn't it? Um, so yeah, so she uh, and you get a little bit of the um, 
I guess the insinuation of uh, the lesbian. lesbian undertones. Yeah, yeah. because the book in, for that particular scene in the book, the chapter, uh, uh, she's really frightened of her from the very beginning. She's a bit cocky on, on the, in the scene on the film. Mm. Uh, she's really frightened of her, and uh, Cleb even goes off and gets changed into a, a red nighty and comes back. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more detailed in the book. Written from the perspective of a uh, 50-odd-year-old white bloke who's (laughs) from his typewriter in Jamaica. He's like, a lesbian general would uh, probably go to get a a red robe on. It's it's really well written, the way he describes the makeup and everything. It's a really good book. Yeah, it is a good book. So, yeah, so she... She gets recruited and then and then do we get to the to Bond? Then then we uh, we join Bond at the side of the river with Sylvia. Yeah, the first sort of continuity from uh, from Doctor No with with Bond there. Yeah, Sylvia, bless her. I missed her in Goldfinger. Well, she, I think she does a good job actually. She's quite a good oh, character. Really? She's kind of fun, and um, I think uh, and yeah. Hot. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty hot, and um, the I, I mean, I like the way he's cooling a, a bottle of champagne, and he he lifts well, it up with his toe. I've, I've, I've got an issue with that. Right? Mm. He's got the string between his toes, right, and he pulls it out of the water through his toes. That'd burn you. You get a rope burn. This is Sean Connery, though. You know, he's he, he's he's from the streets of Edinburgh. He's. <laughs> Many a cold winter, he can probably can't even feel his toes. It's not the right temperature. No, that's true. Not cold enough, is it? An English river in summer is not cold enough. No. Um, so, I yeah. was struck by how hairy. Oh my god! He's <laughs> his legs are outrageous. I mean, he is hairy. I mean, her suit is not the word, is it? It's, no. abs- it's beyond that. He's really one of the hairiest people who's ever walked the earth. I think him and Robin Williams are like <laughs> the two hairiest blokes in the world. Yeah, he's hairy. He's really hairy. Um, but yeah, and then he gets his little beeper. Which oh, now that beeper, right, I must tell you this. In the 1991, I got a job where I was up and about and all over the place and people couldn't get hold of me. And I was given a bleeper. And it was like, oh my God, this technology. And mm. I thought I was it because I had a bleeper and it go off and I ate it because I was important. He had one in 1963. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it and it's, goes to his little Bentley. That he has uh, a phone in his car. I mean, even yeah. in the 60s, that must have been like, I, I presume it worked off radio or something. It can't, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, how does that work? Was that, was that made up or were the phones? I really don't know. Well, I'm, oh, I'm thinking yeah. of like um, Band of Brothers where they've got the field phones and they got to like wind them up and stuff. Would it not be something like that? It might have been, but because later on we see a bloke with a field radio thing and he's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do, yeah. But Bond's got a proper phone. Like, oh, you know, he's got the spinner on it and everything in his car. <laughs> <laughs> and did you notice his... Um, his sun visors are red. They're like red acrylic sun visors, so they're sort of semi-transparent. Did you notice that? Well, on the Bentley? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, so like where you'd normally have, yeah, your sort of like faux leather visor or whatever, his were like 
thin sheets of red glass right. or acrylic. I can remember cars with green ones. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Nice car. Again, a sort of hangover from the books, isn't it? He hasn't. Yeah. We haven't gone into um, product placement. Supercharged. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's in his Bentley. And then uh, he says to Money Penny that uh, he's just going to need an hour and a half. So and and uh, Sylvia looks happy with that. Yeah. And uh, they put the roof up. Uh, so that's that's that. And then he um, yeah he goes into M's office. Um, yes, uh, where Lois is smoking. Yeah, again another one smoking on the job. Yeah, anti-smoking players, non-tipped. Oh. I recognise the packet. Oh, oh. <laughs> Hardcore. As a smoker myself. Yeah. As a connoisseur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we get, I think we get a little bit of um, something with them, but we he's pretty much straight in, isn't he? Yeah, he throws his hat in, and for my next miracle, and mm. he's behind the door. Oh, Bernard's brilliant here, isn't he? Gives him that uh, school teacher look. <laughs> I think this might be my favourite, one of my favourite, when I rewatched it, it's, I think it's Bernard at his best in this one. Oh, he's good. Yeah, in his little uh, oh, maroon-coloured like, suit. Oh, for God's sake, here he is. Yeah, and he, yeah. and you just know he's like, oh God, this mission—it's all ego, isn't it? You know. Uh, um, and I like the fact that Q's waiting in the uh, in Money Penny's um, sort of office as well, waiting for his turn, and he's like a little schoolboy with his with his briefcase. briefcase. <laughs> briefcase. <laughs> uh, yeah, I noticed he's referred to as the equipment officer. Yes, mm. he is. Um, where is is isn't he the the quartermaster in the other films? Yeah, he's armorer. They refer armorer to Doctor No. Doctor No, yeah. And then after that, he's yeah, Q Branch. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, yeah very. Um... He does mention Q Branch as well, doesn't he? He does. I think so. Does. Yeah. So obviously, he gets briefed on it. They know it's going to be a trap, um, but they're going to go for it anyway because the opportunity's too good to pass up on the lector. And so he yeah. gives him this is where obviously yeah Q comes in with his his sort of first this is the first real gadget isn't it yeah um, and it's a good it is a good one and it's it's a timeless one really isn't it like hidden compartments and stuff it's like it doesn't rely on any technology it's just like clever isn't it yeah um, so he gets that and did you notice the size of Q's hands in this one. <laughs> Everybody goes on about Q's hands. I've never noticed. There's another podcast that I listened to, the um, James Bonding, and they pointed it out and they said, "Oh, they they basically ended up having a scale of like his hands are a four out of five in this in terms of size." But if you look, it, it's like they've, even Sean saw it. They like they've been inflated by a bike pump, and each finger. <laughs> Each finger's the width of a Cumberland sausage. I'm not even exaggerating. And if you look, when he's pointing at everything out, it's gross. You know, like nowadays they get a hand model in to do the close-ups of him, like tightening something up or pulling the coins out. But Desmond's got some bashed nails where they've gone bruised underneath and stuff. He's absolutely disgusting. I, I wonder if he's got a small holding because like, he sounds like farmer fingers to me. Yeah, I don't know. He's definitely got... It's either that or he runs a sausage factory or something. I don't know. It's it's disgusting. So, poor guy. But, yeah, so Bond gets his, his case and his rifle. Uh, yeah, well, I thought I'd spotted... Uh, well, no, Robin said he walks out without the rifle. And I watched it back. And he does. He walks out without the rifle. And I thought, ooh, 
that's a continuity thing there. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. It isn't, and I'll get to that later on in the film. Because I don't like because Bernard comes out and asks him, "You forgot your gun? You forgot your gun?" <laughs> no, but that all be revealed. But I thought, yeah, well, I've got a good continuity error there. Mm. Um, just a small note. Mm. Uh, well, here's one for you, which I couldn't I couldn't work out. The office is it the same office? As in Doctor No, or is it slightly different? Yeah, I couldn't remember. I'm waiting for the the year that I've got enough time to bring up every M scene and compare <laughs> whether it's the same set that they brought out of storage or not. Yeah, I imagine it would be just with the turnaround time of this film. Yeah, and yeah, uh, the, yeah they wouldn't have spent that much money on it, would they? So, no, they've already got it, I suppose, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. So, and then um, as a sort of final sort of coda to the scene, he goes back to Money Penny, and she gives him the. I think he leaves her the the image of Tatiana, doesn't he? And he signs it, and you get the cheesy boom, da, boom, da, doom, da. It signs it from Russia with love, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's it's. Uh, from from Russia first uh, with love isn't it first and then from Russia he adds afterwards yeah so yeah it's a it's a it's, again sets the tone for the M and money penny scenes and the Q scenes all in one go really Bond then lands in Istanbul so we get um what's interesting about this is it's pretty much a mirror of the sort of landing in Jamaica, isn't it? It's the exact same sort of aeroplane shot. Yeah, the Pan Am. The Pan Am aeroplane. I think even the same control tower footage. Um, and then, you know, the sort of landing there, you don't know if someone's going to sort of tail him or not or, or fuck him over at the airport um, like the uh, like the guy did in the first one. Um, but they sort of twist it, don't they? I think you do get someone following him out of the airport um but it's it's the sort of uh, bulgarians following him in the citroen and the guy knows exactly who it is and everything like that so it's kind of a twist on what happened in doctor no in a way um but i think um yeah it's it's kind of uh Karen bay's one of his sons i think but you don't learn that until a bit later right one of his many sons one of his many sons. Um, so he gets dropped off at the hotel uh, and there's a little bit of editing here that I think they used in Star Wars as well. I don't know if you noticed it, James, but um, mm-hmm. he goes in the elevator and it goes like... And it, it does like a, a, a wipe transition upwards to sort of... I, I never noticed that. When he goes upstairs to his room, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, so he's uh, so he, he ends up in room thirty-two, and uh, he does a little search for sort of um, bugs and stuff, which is a, a great Bondian moment. I love all that kind of stuff. Um, so he checks like the chandelier and yeah, all of that business. Bit of Bond theme. Yes, and he's not happy with the room, is he? No, but then I didn't. I forgot well, when I rewatched it this time that they intend for him to be unhappy with the room, don't aren't, don't they? Well, they want the mirror, don't they? Hmm. Which because you know when he finds the bug behind the picture, 
you think, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Well, I, I, I was, was going to mention. I was going to mention the length of the wire on the bug behind the picture, <laughs> and any need for that because it clearly comes through the wall. So just have it have it coming out the wall an inch before the bug. <laughs> no, it, it, it's almost the entire length of the run of well, the picture. Someone put it up wrong, and then I'll just pull the wire through and just move it <laughs> over to the left. So yeah, so he phones up, and I love the phone position i don't know if you know this is i'm I'm interrupting because i disagree with you Mm. because they're genuinely concerned when he rings up to change his room Mm. the receptionist and the uh the chap in the back room so i don't think they want him to switch rooms because she's a bit panicky when he rings up oh you see i thought that was like a bit of a double bluff no for for, for the audience and for i don't know because if he didn't move rooms they wouldn't have been able to shoot later on the dodgy footage yeah exactly i think it's an intentional thing no i think you're reading too much into it i think uh they were generally panicked and they hadn't thought about anything like that when they were doing the directing of the film (laughs) that's my personal opinion Wow. No, no, valid, valid. Yeah, right. Well, there you oh. go. Well, they end up uh, giving him the bridal suite. But ah, actually, though, because he says, tell him it's only the bridal suite. So I think they want him to go to the bridal suite. Well, yeah, they do then, yeah. What, after he's complained? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that why the bug's so obvious, then? I thought that's, that. That's I what thought... I saying, but... Uh... Yeah, I don't... Mm. Who knows? Yeah. Oh yeah. So he uh, he switches rooms, and um, and yeah, I think um, he sort of goes off then to to meet Karen Bay after that, right? Yes, we do. And I love uh, this bit because you get a bit of um, the sort of uh, Karen's office and stuff, um, and uh, like he's he's got like the rug the rug shop as a front. Mm. And all that yeah. stuff. It's quite, it's I, quite old school. I noticed the the, the guy is following him with the moustache. Mm. He pulls up behind them as they get out the car and walk to this market. And yet, in a in a in a cut before he goes, he stood there in the market waiting for him to walk past. <laughs> so that guy must have moved very quickly, known where he was going. <laughs> Uh, it's classic stuff, isn't it? Like you just the editing is just a bit all over the place, and the continuity oh. wasn't really a thing then. Um, so yeah, so he's got a bit of a cover there. Um, I'm just trying to remember where, at what point does the um, does Karen Bay's office blow up? Is oh, that that's right? much later. Yeah. So what do we do here? We introduce he sort of introduces himself to Bond. Uh, he has coffee, medium sweet. He does. Sweet. He does. <laughs> in an egg cup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and smoking. Of course. Is him a cigarette. Uh, yes. Um, we find out that he has his uh, sons in key positions in his organisation. The only That's people right. he can trust. Um, he's just a legend all around, really. It just, yeah. he's, he's cool. He's immediately likable, isn't he? He is. He Karen. is. Yeah, he's, um, he's one of my favourite allies. I think. Is what you, you you want your granddad to be, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, I'm not sure about that. What with his with his young piece on the side. Yeah, of course, yeah. Good training. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then so then where did they go here I think they um, does he introduce him to the gypsies no no then we uh, we go to the underground reservoir via the boat of course his his daily exercise twice a day (laughs) well remembered (laughs) which it's uh, an actual place isn't it I thought it was um in the studio at first, but it's not. It was actually filmed on location, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think you can still go there now. I think it's yeah. like a, an entrance fee and stuff, but I think you can sort of go down and it's pretty much looks like it does pretty much to this day, right? Like where, where they've got the um where they've got the sort of uh periscope uh and stuff, which is kind of like he said he has the this periscope fitted. Can you imagine the the building work? And the noise of it fitting a, a fucking submarine telescope under a, an office. Well, because he says that, that uh, what's it, the department, the city planning department uh, said the traffic was shaking the foundations and they shut the building for a while and he had it installed. That's right. But even after that, I'm sorry, but something doesn't just poke up and... You know, what what's it behind a piece of glass on the floor? What if you know, someone you know, moves a piece of furniture? Yeah, you know, I'm sure someone's going to go. Hold on, it's that? behind the skirting board, and the skirting board flap opens to reveal <laughs> the <laughs> lens. <laughs> you know, it's just a. Or is it a mouse hole? It might be a mouse hole. Pretend there's a mouse hole there. I like just thought it Jerry. was. I thought it just parked up under a cupboard. It just and, popped up, and if someone happened to move, it had the a big eye around, on it, like in a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I don't quite understand that, but um, it's good fun, though. Yeah, it we... is, and some key key players are revealed to us. Krilenku. Mm. Um, yes, he and, kills uh, for pleasure. This man kills for pleasure. <laughs> Which good. is a, it's it's a trailer um, sort of voiceover that one. Um, <clears throat> and of course, you get the very sort of. Um, the sort of introduction to the to the Bond girl. Yes, nice legs. All that shit, yeah. Lovely uh, calves. Shape, no, think, shaping up well or something, does he say? I can't yeah, quite yeah, yeah, quote think, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah it's, um, it just sort of follows him around. And there's kind of a quite a quick um, cutaway, isn't it, where they turn the periscope and it sort of cuts back to them under the, It's quite a nice little piece of editing, that. It does uh, um, sort of finish that bit, and then Bond asks if he can get the plans, the original architect's plans from the uh, architects. Is it the city? Yeah, uh, something like that. Um, and then he says, "Right, we're uh, we're going to go to uh, going to go to the gypsy camp. Have a you can't go back to the hotel. Yeah, that's let's have a night out. Yeah, so I think." Um, is it yeah they kind of um they kind of head there but don't isn't i'm sure this is where they attack his office now right um because i'm sure they that's why they go and have a look at why the russians are sort of um meeting with krilenko because i'm pretty sure he suspects um that krilenko is behind his this that sort of bombing attempt on his um in his office right um 
maybe we're getting this wrong, but I thought, yeah, I thought that was where. Um, oh, yeah, not even. Uh... Yeah, I think I think they I think he suspects Krilenko's involved, um, so that's why they go down under the into the Russian consulate office. Um, yeah. Mm. And of course, his his sort of girlfriend saves him, doesn't she? Because she wants to lure him over to the bed. Yeah, so not paying her any attention. He's very uh, what's the word? Disciplined. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just he's almost irritated by her presence, isn't he? To begin with, oh, oh for God's sake! Right, I'll come to the settee. Yeah. You know, overjoyed. <laughs> you know, yeah. Then the wall explodes. Back to the salt mines, I think he says. Yes, he does. Back, yeah. <laughs> Back to the salt mines. <laughs> so, yeah, so then the wall blows up and then, um, yeah, I think Bond comes in after that and that's when they go into the into the catacombs and have a look and then they say, yeah, it's too dangerous. Let's go to, the, let's, let's introduce you to my friends, the gypsies. Um, so that's when they head to the gypsy camp to get more information. Um, but I think that call, causes a bit of tension with the sort of rival groups. And this is where you get that sort of evening of um, belly dancing and a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of gypsy culture, which would have been probably quite exotic at the time. Very, very saucy for the time. Mm. Mm. She's, she's doing dancing pretty much for Bond at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, I had then, an experience with a belly dancer once, you know, I'll, I'll tell you about it one day. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Uh, That's for the uh, the extras. That's for the DVD extras there. Um, um, but yeah, and then we get this sort of serious fight between the two. Well, you say we? you say serious. I I, can't, I just can't take that fight seriously. I, I genuinely can't. It's just it's so weak. I mean, I know I know that the. the women fight it but you're telling me you know that it's a f- and, and yeah. they're, they're trying to scratch each other's eyes it's, and it's a far cry from um i don't know like black black widow in the avengers movies now where yeah, she's yeah. Like wrapping her legs uh, around someone's throat and stuff and, and and it's they have to fight for the hand of the 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 chief's son or whatever why don't the chief son just say She's she's a much better looking girl than her. I'll have it. No, they've got to fight it out in a <laughs> in a lurid fashion. It's tradition, isn't it? Tradition. Mm, is it? Well, uh, and then Bond <laughs> Bond says, "Right, I don't like this, doesn't he?" Um, but I think I think the the sort of fight breaks out, doesn't it? I think they do a bit of. She gets a bottle of wine or something. She's about to smash yes. it over her head, and then. The, all the guns start going off. Am I get, am I right, Eddie? Sorry to interrupt. The gypsy fighting girls. Do we see one of those in another Bond film under a different role? Yes, you do. Yes, this came up in one of our quiz questions, didn't it? Which I is... can't remember which film it is now. Oh. So it's Martine Bezik plays one of the gypsy girls, and she's. Um, Paula in Paula. Thunderball, That's and she's it. the one who gets oh, yeah. tortured and killed, I think, uh, by Largo. But yeah, so, so she's so was she the one in the green or the red dress thing? 
in the fight. Green on, I think. Yeah. One's got green on, one's got red on, I think. I think it's a green one, I'm not sure. Oh, she's wearing green. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was green. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's go. the fitter one. Yeah. Yeah, she is, yeah. The fitter one. <laughs> so there you go, there's more highbrow. Uh, I think James said he went, he went back and listened to um, <laughs> Doctor No episode again, and Creamer was coming out with highfalutin. <laughs> yeah. but... Brutalist architecture and postmodern. Uh... <laughs> we'll, we'll bring you crashing back down to earth with episode oh, two. Oh, oh, she's got nice tits. <laughs> Is that the. Uh, I have to say, a very leisurely style of of fighting from Bond in this this uh, sequence. Oh, so, I just walked through, done it. Not a problem. Some nonchalant wire uh, ropes cut in, and he legs a bloke up. You know, it's all is a bit, it's a bit casual about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Knocks um, a deck chair over. I love Kerim's shot in the arm. You can see him putting the, the blood on his arm from some kind of p- pouch. Love it. The red emulsion. Yeah, we've got Red Grant uh, in Ooh. the in the darkness. With? With? Good gun, I like his gun. Yes, What's the, the Mauser. Mm. Yes, the Mauser C96. Oh, bloody hell fire. It is, yeah. But the Mauser, it looks like one they used to have in First World War. It is, it is. They uh, ended production in 1937 of that oh, particular yeah, weapon. And he's using the commercial version, which is a, a smaller... <laughs> <laughs> so, Creamer, we'll, we'll take your architecture and we'll raise you a commercial Mauser. It uh, uses a 7.63... By 25 cartridge. Ah, well, there you go. Yes. But uh, uh, I, I suppose from uh, my point of view, my observation is, isn't that an old sort of gun? To be yeah, that, I agree, Dad. Yeah, very odd. But it's, um, it's Spectre funds, isn't it? Perhaps, though, it's something it he could have stationary. acquired in you know, Istanbul more than... Um, yeah, maybe. The local market, you know, the underground market, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's I can't imagine it's his signature weapon. No, but I it's, think... the, it's the only time he uses it, isn't it? You don't see him again with it. I think Blofeld oh. decided: do I get some new guns for the team, or do I get the little lace curtain for the fighting fish <laughs> fish tank? And he just, from a budgetary point of view, just went with the fish tank <laughs> and the ring. <laughs> do I get this ring in platinum, or go? Oh, fuck it, platinum. <laughs> and you can just use this World War Two Mauser. <laughs> Get this Mauser. <laughs> so, yeah, so... so like With its 7.56 calibre cartridge. <laughs> it's the commercial version, Red Grant. You should be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't even get the, the, the official version, does it? But no. the commercial. Nobody saves, saves Bond's bacon. He does. He does. Mm. Uh, yeah, quite a good little twist in the scene. I quite like that. It's quite a good little moment in the, uh, in the sort of, uh, you know, the plot. Well, Bond has time during that epic fight of everything that's going around him to stop for about 30 seconds to have a good look round like, <laughs> like he's a bloody tourist and then, to see, and then see where the shot came from. Kick over another couple of deck chairs. And he has a couple of tables or whatever and off he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> Kick a deck chair, throw something at someone and uh, yeah, oh God, that were difficult, weren't it? Um, so then, yeah, he's, he's sort of... Uh, 
you know, everyone's pretty happy with how it went down, even though everything's on fire and they've. Oh, because obviously he, uh, Bond also saves the life of the gypsy. Thank king. you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so he, he saves the gypsy camp owner and he basically says, You're now his son. So you may now, you know, do whatever you want. And Bond says, I want him to stop the, the oh. fight. Fight, the, yes. The girls. Uh, and then, of course, never mind the plot point about the girls fighting over some dude. They're now only interested in Bond. So <laughs> if I was that guy, I'd be pretty pissed off. They're fighting over me here, and then all of a sudden Bond comes in. That's it. That's it. They're both off the table. Yeah, yeah. And they don't mind sharing. No. And they don't mind sewing shirts either. Oh. Sewing buttons on and... Yeah, yeah. That Cutting Living the dream, weren't it, there? So, um, so yeah, so they leave the next day. And uh, I think this is where Krilenku, they found out where he's hiding. Oh, uh, sorry, can I just go back? Uh, did I mention before about him so walking yeah, out... Uh, the walking Mauser, out yeah. without the, the no no about walking out of the office you know when he's given his uh, briefcase and he leaves the folding sniper rifle oh you did mention it yes well when he gets in the car when he's leaving the gypsy camp in the morning he says did you get the package from the airport and they pass him the oh. folding sniper rifle oh. so it's not a a, a faux pas. continuity uh, thing there, it's uh, uh, it's in the uh, well spotted. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but is it? Or did uh, they realise? Did he forget it? And then I'm saying, bloody hell, the <laughs> <laughs> bloody balls now. He was eager to nick his Beretta, weren't he, last year? But no. <laughs> so, do you think um, it might be uh, the British government's way of s- smuggling arms through or something? Because he is it because he couldn't put it in his briefcase at security at the airport? Or mm, possibly. Or? Well, he, he got his wall to PPK through, didn't he? Mm. Uh, I'll know. never know. Did I tell you, what was that thing? I'm sure I heard about a, a spy story where um, they used to smuggle a gun through a typewriter when they yes. used to go. Yeah, is that a real true spy story where they yes, used to break down the gun and put it in amongst the componentry of a typewriter? That's right, I've heard that. I'm trying to think where it was. Mm, but that's and quite it, cool. It was a fact. It wasn't fiction. It was... Uh... Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so this is where we see, uh, yeah, Krilenku's got... apartment, right? Yes. And it's the sort of poster for the other sort of Eon Productions film, which is... Segberg or something she called. <laughs> Anita Ekberg. That's it. <laughs> Free advertising. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think this is where Bond... He's going to shoot him with the collapsible rifle. But I think Karen Bay wants, you know, he, he wants to. Revenge. He, he has to take that shot. That's right. So you get it. And he's, he's, again, he's great in this scene, that guy, Karen Bay. Like, I just love the way he's got his shoulder. It's just really well acted and he's leaning on Bond. And yeah, it's really good. So obviously, he tries to make his escape through a little hatch and then they get him in his back. Uh, and he falls to his death. And again, it's quite handy that Kerim's sons are doing... They're the bobbies on the beat that night. So, yeah, no problem. Just shoot him, you're fine. He'll clear the body. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a 
a sort mm. of proper spy little scene, isn't it? That, that's yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a good, good classic scene. Classic espionage. Um, and then I think this is where we get to Bond's hotel again. Uh, yes, in, yes, he heads back. So I think this uh, is where we, we sort of first meet Tatiana, or they first meet, should I say. Um, and he's running the shower, and then he sort of sees a bit of something going on in the bedroom. Did, did he notice the bathroom? Oh, no. In what way? Well, for, for a middle-class boy from Lancashire, that bathroom's fully tiled. It's got a coloured suite. It's got an inbuilt shower. Mixer. Mixer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't have those till I was married. <laughs> He's got it's, hot water. It's a good hotel. <laughs> why, uh, Mum, why is Bond not in yeah. the t- bath in the garden? <laughs> it's warm enough. It's warm enough so I can wander around with just a towel on. You know, in our bathroom, you'd wear an overcoat. <laughs> and, and, and did he have one of those Hollywood bathroom taps as well, where as soon as you turn it, Lots of steam just <laughs> appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you you get um... yes, yeah, so I like the way he ordered. Um, Sorry, these green figs. Oh, we just got pause. We're recording. Just... You ungrateful bugger! You get a brew and more no, about delivered a brew and some minstrels oh right minstrels <laughs> some, some rebels um, sorry where were we we were talking about the bathroom weren't we yes James um, was uh, making comment about something well before he goes in the bathroom he he comes in takes his tie off and he, he picks up the phone and orders his breakfast the green figs yoghurt and coffee very black yeah, that's um, yeah I like that it sounds very. I think I've had green figs and yogurt, and it's not that good. Oh, I imagine being a boy from Lancashire in the sixties, you got what are the green figs? Mm. Uh, yeah. What, what's coffee? <laughs> what's yogurt? Coffee? <laughs> <Huh>? Coffee? <laughs> no. Why is he not having porridge? <laughs> yeah. Why is he not having bovril? <laughs> bovril. <laughs> they had a coffee in Clitheroe. We didn't have it in Grindleton. No. <laughs> um, Mm. Yes, so he yeah, he hears something in the bedroom, goes to yeah. investigate. We get a quite a risque shot mm. of the uh young lady getting into the bed. Some there's some debate of whether it's a body double or not. Well running through, but very, very risque. Nineteen sixty three. Absolutely. That yeah. is that would have been pretty edgy. Um and then yeah, she's she's in bed. It's a very sexy scene. This is the very sexy, yeah. This is the scene that they use to cast, sort of or like for casting and screen testing other potential bonds, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's sort of you know a very um, charismatic. You've got to be quite a charismatic character to pull this off, I think. Particularly mm. the line, the sort of the, the reference to the size of his manhood. <laughs> it takes a subtle. It's a. <laughs> It takes some delivery that line, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Really, um, but it's yeah, it's good dialogue and uh, yeah. And she, she is so pretty. Mm. She yeah. is a stunner. Yeah, yeah, she is. Lovely. I love the single black choke, oh, choke around the neck. Yeah, Lovely. I insist on that when I'm playing Bond. Yeah. <laughs> what you wear the choker? <laughs> I wear the choker. Yeah. Or is that the dog collar? I can never remember. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, they uh, they start getting it on. Mm. And well, pulls she, feels back. she feels for his car just to make sure it's Bond. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, she does. Yeah. Which they they sort of you know they plant that seed when he's in the punting boat with um, yeah you know. With the, in fact, you get a full, full close up of it. You think, why are they putting so much effort into showing you his scar? Well, there you go. So uh, yeah. So then the camera pulls back through the mirror, and we see the camera crew there, is, which is... calls into question how thick is that mirror? Because you can hear, <laughs> you can hear the camera and it sounds like they've got like a, a two-stroke generator in there. And they're all smoking as well. Are they not, yes, can they not, not, not smell the smoke coming through? Like, have, you, have you just been smoking? <laughs> is, is Cleb in there with them as well? Or is I it think just she is. The, is she? Yeah, I think oh. so. Oh, right. or, or is it just the hotel manager? Someone who should be on front desk. Oh God, oh God can I come and have a look? <laughs> you can come up when your shift's finished. <laughs> so yeah so that's that's a, again that would have been quite um a bit edgy for the time as well wouldn't it like filming people having yeah. sex in our time, that would have been quite a twisted sort of thing um so yeah so then in the morning uh this is where uh tatiana is gonna sort of sort of plant the plans for the consulate right in the in the mosque um, so she's going to hide them and Bond's going to pick them up. Um, Fantastic uh, camera work in that location. Look, looks very good. It's impressive, isn't it? The, yeah. Again, I think it's the San Sofia Mosque. And um, Yeah, that was filmed on location, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that, um, again, I think that's one of those ones that because of the age of that kind of location, it just looks exactly the same as it does in the film today. Mm. Um, but yeah, so she goes in and, and sort of puts them down by a pillar. But then obviously Red Grant comes in uh, and and the guy who's been tailing her, he's about to pick them up and bang. Um, we get, he's, he's sort of, well, we think he's he's kind of killed, right? I think he's, do we know how Red Grant kills him? Does he just... Well, he hits him twice very hard around the head area, doesn't he? Mm, bit of a rabbit punch kind of thing. Um but he leaves the little container, so he knows that uh, that Bond's going to pick up the the plan. So it's all going to plan from the point of view of uh, Spectre. Um, but obviously, neither Bond nor um, Tatiana know what's happening. Um, so then, the, I think then we just get like a ferry scene. I think we, we do. Um, sort of ferry, and this is where he's kind of recording some of the details of the lecture that, that he's sort of quizzing her about uh, with his camera gadget. Oh, brilliant! Which is um, another, another cool. Um... Is it ever ready battery? Well, no, it isn't ever ready. I thought it was, and when you look, it's got a weird logo on it. So I don't know if they were trying to get away with not. It was definitely, definitely ever ready, and then there was a, a word underneath. It. Mm. it um... Yeah. But I found strange the shots of um, of Bond on the ferry are clearly blue screen behind him yeah. or back back projection. Sorry, where the lady's on, it it's either very convincing or it is actually a live you know 
But for yeah. some reason, he's back. Really, obviously back. It is obvious. Yeah. Um, but a good scene, you know, to try and keep it. Uh, people can't listen. You know, oh, you know, one more over here. And then yeah, got, you know, it's pretty cool. It's like I mean, it's all these tropes now that we're so used to in spy films. But this would have been like one of the first films to do all this, wouldn't it? And like Hitchcock kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we go back to M's office, don't we? Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah that's cool. All, all the admirals and that around there. Money Penny, for some reason, is, is sat there. Well, you know why Money Penny's there? Because this is this is a man's world. She's there taking notes because the the gentleman too busy packing <laughs> smoking their, um, and uh... pipes. <laughs> uh, Money Penny, we bring a pencil and uh, take these notes. And then all of a sudden, when there's mention of um, Tokyo, Tokyo. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's. What did they get up to in Tokyo? Oh, <laughs> I'd love to know. I, I can't imagine M being like Bond, can you? Well, when he's had a few, you know, Sarkis. <laughs> <laughs> Sarki get. Um, I think there's also a little Easter egg that um, in. You only live twice. They say, oh, you've never been to Japan before, have you, Mr. Bond? He said, no, I've never been. So they forget that this is mentioned about him and M. Oh. Uh, mm. Bond goes to uh, Kerim Bay again. He's got the architect's plans. Bond gets from the compact her drawing. They match up. Uh, they say, yeah, we're good to go. And... Uh, we're going to do it on the, does he say the 13th? Uh, no, he says 14th. The 14th, but he babe, suggests 13th. He says 13th yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he says, no, we'll do it on the 14th. I'm superstitious. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to, if I remember rightly, we cut to Bond walking into the Russian That's right. consulate uh, where he asks the guy if his, um, if his clock is accurate. And what does he say? He says, Russian clocks are always right. <laughs> and then it goes off bang on 3pm, doesn't it? We asked twice though, doesn't he? He sort of mills around, he goes and looks at a picture on the wall, then he goes back, he says, you did say it was right, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. And it all blows up and he's, oh, yes. And then um, it all kicks off big time here, doesn't it? It does, we've got tear gas going, people pulling drawers out of desks and running out. Mm. I guess uh, his mask on. He does. And again, just sort of like a, like a salmon swimming upstream, just walks straight to the room that he needs. No <laughs> one's questioning anything. Why are you wearing a gas mask? Yes, yeah, hold on. It's a tear gas, you uh, think, What do you think? Yeah, do you not carry one? Um, so, yeah, and then they go in and uh, they sort of, they get everything they need and get her out, don't they? do it disarms a, um, a Russian security guy who comes through the door uh, the, the old classic chop to the neck thing going on um, yeah down the hole into the underground uh, reservoir where there's rats so they've got to turn around because there's rats lots of them can you imagine uh, rats I know uh, and they come out in. Do they come out in a marketplace through yeah, the back they, of a stall? They come out, yeah, into the street, don't they? And I can't um, remember that bit. Yeah, I think yeah. in in real life when they were filming this, I think there was like genuinely crowds there, wasn't there? And they just literally were like said to the actor, "Just 
fucking get through just them. do so it you, a lot of the scenes look quite realistic because they're just barging through a crowd of people to get to the train station which um, but... um yeah because they get to train station she says uh, the russian security man That's you know, right. he sees them he looks like he he generally looks like he should be in Sparks or a sort of early eighties <laughs> band. He? He's, got, he's got that that early eighties moustache and the stripes uh, suit on. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. This is his first gig. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is again, this is a bit of like serious tension here, isn't it? Like you do get a little it bit is- of a like, fuck. I think they're gonna get caught up here. Um, and a fantastic shot because they, they all jump on the train uh, and the scooter guy jumps on as the train's moving and I think it's all one continuous shot you then see Grant on the train closing the window and so well shot brilliant and, and then what and then the train sort of pulls out it's of the pulling station it, yeah, it's moving the, the whole time yeah mm. and they're on the train um, yeah that's pretty cool that I do like that um yeah and then the train i mean this is i like the train stuff i still think trains this, are still this quite is a exotic. brilliant section of the film it is you know you're not you're not far to go have you there's no um massive uh scene changes obviously and it's just brilliant the whole the whole train journey is brilliant yeah i think i think trains still i think they've still got a bit of um i don't know a bit of exotic sort of thing about him like even when Bond's on the train in um, Casino Royale and he's sitting down for dinner with Vesper and just like everything's hurtling past while you're eating your dinner it's just quite a unique thing isn't it so I love and I love that it's sort of trapped in this moment in time yeah I mean um, I sort of compare it with the uh, train scene in um, is it Spectre yes and, yeah that's uh, a good comparison yeah and this is so much better mm. <laughs> you know this one's this one feels. I, I mean, I thought the Spectre one was pretty vicious. I thought they did a good job, but this one's because it's. I mean, we're, we're jumping ahead here, but the, the train fight. It's because it's just in a. It's in a shoebox, isn't it? Yeah, everything. Every hit is just fucking aggressive and horrible. Um, but yeah, this is like really good acting here. We've got the the sort of. Um, the sort of we cut to the map and there's a bit of pace and they're trying to get to Zagreb and all these different places and then it kind of goes a bit tits up, doesn't it? Because I think he's, he meets, um, I think he sort of jumps off and I think Kerim's, oh no, Kerim, Kerim gets uh, attacked, doesn't he? I think they they sort of corner the yeah the Russian, sorry, scooter guy yeah scooter guy and uh, somehow they sort of do he he sort of manages to kill Kerim, right? But we think do you think Red Grant had something to do no, with it? No, yeah, we know we know oh, he does. Uh, yeah, he says absolutely. later on he killed he killed them both. Uh, yeah. I like the way though he sits him down, he says, I've had a fascinating life. Would you like to hear <laughs> about it? The guy's oh, yeah. gagged. <laughs> and he goes, Oh good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a comical moment actually. Yeah, yeah, his expression on his face, that uh, guy. Oh, shit. I, I I like the bit before that where he gets the ticket off the other dude. Mm. And uh, the the other dude's gone to the toilet, 
So he knocks up door asking for his tickets and just push it underneath. <laughs> That's him sorted. He's thrown off at next stop. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's all really well done. Um, so, yeah, so Kerim's dead. And, yeah, the um, conductor gets Bond, um, shows him, you know, though they killed each other. He picks mm. up his wallet and his cigarette holder, I think. His little, yeah, his little mm. cigarette um, holder and stuff. Then he goes back to the cabin mm. where we see uh, we see an angry Bond. Yeah, he's, this he's, is... He's pissed off now. This is Connery when he's got his snarling yeah, he face. Wants, he wants answers. You don't he's fuck with Connery. Bond. Yeah, no. you don't. You don't so he, he asks her, you know, I want the truth. And she's, no, I'll tell you, you know, I've told you the truth. And he gives her a, gives you. her a good backhand. Yeah. Mm. A couple of backhands, I think, isn't it? Uh, no, I think it's just the one. It's just one, all right. That's just the one, and then uh, he, he 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 then switches. I think he realise, you know, it it changes tack, and it mm. he comes a bit softer, and he says, you know, tell me what you know. And she's, well, I love you, I love you, and he goes, whatever, <laughs> and he just walks off into the next cabin. He can't be asked with Um <laughs> It's it's pretty vicious, isn't it? It is. Uh, and then we end up. A, they come to another station, which in Belgrade. Yeah. Um, this is where he passes on the news of his death to his son, right? Um, and he's because he shows him his pipe. But this is the brutal bit where he's like, "Your your dad's dead." Anyway. Uh, yeah. Get a I message out. Make sure we get mad. Yeah, I mean that's pretty pretty vicious, but yeah, he sort of um, he gets instructions to go to uh, Zagreb and rendezvous with Nash. Um, but then obviously they get to to Zagreb and Nash fucks him over. And he was listening earlier to the code word, word, yes, yeah, that Bond exchanges with with his son, which is uh, was in our quiz questions a few weeks ago as well. Can you remember what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you got a match? No, I use a lighter. Better still. Well, until they go wrong. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So... I, I, yeah, I like the way um, Grant's putting his gloves on behind the guy's back as they mm. walk off into the toilet. Yeah. yeah he loves but, those um, gloves, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. You think, oh, he's not coming out of there. Yeah, so he kills kills Nash and uh, and then sort of jumps um, on. A, a point of order when it when he meets Bond, it's the first time he actually he actually speaks in the film. True. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We go through all that time. We see a lot of him, and it's the oh, first man. time he speaks. Mm. A surprising voice for for the this sort of harsh assassin that you've seen through the whole thing. He's like, oh, and obviously he's putting it on as in character as Nash. But it's it's really surreal when you see him and he's a big burly guy and he's been killing people left, right, and centre. It's like, oh, hello, chap. Oh, I've been on the go since uh, since breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I just <laughs> I'd just like to say as well, throughout every, every time they get off the train to meet someone at a train station, I don't know if anyone else noticed, they just throw the fag away. They mm. go, oh, do you have a lighter? Oh, throw it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. place is littered with unlit cigarettes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tramp's uh, heaven. <laughs> <in that platform. laughs> Just chasing the train. 
Um, <laughs> just follow Bond. We'll get yeah. Yeah. I did notice when he makes contact on the train with uh, with Nash, he says, oh, here's my card. And Bond looks mm. at it like, eh? Yeah. Like, you know. What the fuck's a card? Why, why have you got this? So I don't know if that's was the, 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 the first seed of, oh, this guy is a bit... Yeah, you uh, never quite... It, it, do, it does look suspicious then, you're right, yeah, mm. it does. Yeah, you never... You, I don't think... I think you know that Bond's never quite sure about mm. it. Uh, but obviously they go to dinner and this is where he sort of... Uh, he drugs a man of her and Bond now, sort of sees it, doesn't he? I love the attention to detail here. Mm. Because obviously being uh, a maitre d' in the past, I notice they're using the correct cutlery. They mm. are using fish knives and forks to eat that sole. Not ordinary knives and forks, proper silver fish mm. knives and forks. I thought, that's mm. good. That's yeah, good. There you go, you see. That's the kind of zingy insights that we get on this <laughs> on this podcast. It is. <laughs> and of course, that we get the, the second seed of suspicion where mm. he orders the Red wine. The red. Um, I mean, that the fish. Nobbiest fucking it's... giveaway. I mean, of all the things, like, imagine you didn't know that, but you were a really good spy. <laughs> but the one undoing is, I didn't know you couldn't have red wine with fish. You know, oh, I get, no, white wine gives me such a bad headache. Oh, I always I have red. Anything about I just... red wine. <laughs> well, you, say, you wouldn't be a double O, would you, if you didn't know that? You... You, you won't get your license to kill if you didn't know all that. Why? You didn't know lines. <laughs> it's on the exam. <laughs> it's fairly obvious to me. Part of the uh, the Bordeaux training. You go down to the south of France, shoot a few people and have a few red wines. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'll, have, I'll have the red kind. I'll have the red kind. Honestly. I'll have the house wine. <laughs> Pint of bitter, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he pretends to knock, knock the drink over, and does a very obvious. Mm. It's not even slight. No. Dropping of the uh, of the aspirin. Is it the coral hyd coral hydrate? Is it uh, what? Chloral, chloral hydrate. hydrate. Coral yeah. hydrates. Uh, not not coral. No. <laughs> um, and on the way back to the cabin. And you, you can see, you can see though, Bond knows. He, uh, oh, he clocked it. He's, he's clocked that. He's seen that. Um, yeah, so she, the ladies come over faint in the corridor. Old yeah, man. But Bond, uh, yeah, old man, he keeps going in that. But Bond's mm. quite good here because he just keeps going along with it, doesn't he? Yeah. And he knows, but he's like, shit, I'm sort of cornered here. Um, and obviously, yeah, he, he sort of reveals that, you know, basically. What did you put in a drink? Mm. And then well, he, he, I mean, escape routes only for one. Yeah, so this is this is an interesting bit here because they think he he sort of keeps going with the lie, doesn't he? And he's like, "Look, my escape route's only for one. Got rid of her. Come on, let's do it." Yeah, show but you on the map. Quick thinking, quick thinking. He's quick been thinking. caught out, and he's there. He's there. Yeah, it's pretty. Did, good. did he have that in his back pocket just in case? I don't know. And then, uh, and then he he fucking. Gives him a right good whack here, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Um, and then I think he he reveals that he's you know just a pawn in the in the in the plan. Um, and uh, you know you get the of course Spectre, you know, uh, smirch sort of, and all that lot. Yeah, the big reveal. 
Um, um, one of the coolest scenes, probably in any film ever, Red Grant, the foot on the PPK, put as the he screws on. the suppressor on. Yeah. On that point, he does produce... I don't know, he just pulls the suppressor out of his top pocket. Oh. As he had... That particular, just because he knew he was going to get all the Bond's PPKs, he's had it in his top pocket the whole time. Yeah, and you see, Bond was too busy looking at the red wine when the suppressor <laughs> was there at dinner all the time. Uh, but yeah, mm. just a, it's just a cool thing. Got I, foot on. I like how um, how he shows how much he hates Bond. Mm. In that, he's um, he he really dislikes Bond for some reason. Mm. Whether it's because he's just British or what, I don't know, but he has a real hatred of Bond. Yeah. I like the way he's like, put your hands in your pockets as well. It's just mm. all very, um, I don't know, yeah. everything's just nasty, isn't it? It's, that's a good word for it. He's just, na- he's just a nasty piece of work in this scene. Yeah. And, um, so the first shot won't kill you, nor the second. Yeah, and so he, he it... sort of, this is obviously, yeah, this is where he reveals. Uh, yeah. The sort of uh, murder. Until you come crawl here and kiss my shoe or something, he says. Yeah. Kiss my foot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit over the top. Like, come on, Red Grant, you've got a job to do. You don't don't luxuriate in it. Um. So yeah. So then uh, this is where sort of uh, Bond sort of you know he says, look, there's some gold coins in this suit. Oh yeah, no. He sa- yeah he says, can I have a cigarette? That's right. And he says, no, you can't. He says, well, I'll pay for it. Mm, with 50 gold twist. sovereigns and it, as you've already stated in the your doctor no synopsis why do say can i have a fag no you can't no just no because i know that it's some kind of distraction and also, i'm gonna shoot you in the face so just far. You know. we're outside beograd <laughs> i've fucking i've taken her out you're about to kiss my foot the silence is on the fucking lectures above my head cigarette that- money Ooh, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> you dickhead, you're so close. Exactly. Although, because I'm, I'm sad, I calculated at today's prices how much 50 gold sovereigns oh. equates to, and it is uh, £17,700. So that's a very expensive cigarette. Wow. Mm. Oh, well, um, actually, yeah, I'd probably... Mm, mm, mm. It's only yeah. 17 grand, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, but on top of the mission, you know. Yeah, well, you off bond, you get the lector and pocket seventeen grand. And I, and I don't think Spectre overpay, you know. Well, no, they I mean they gave him that fucking World War One gun. Didn't they? <laughs> Everything. Hold on. Hold on. I can buy a <laughs> using nine millimeter with this. Of course, you can have a cigarette. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, and then obviously this is where he he sort of checks the other case, and Grant doesn't know about the. Well, what, what, what would he have done if he doesn't smoke? What bond? Yeah. What if what if you didn't smoke? Mm, well, you'd lie anyway, wouldn't you? If he got, got shot. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd just lie, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. If my you life's just... on the line, I'll smoke anything. <laughs> yeah, we've heard. Hey. Um, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah. Um, so, yeah. The booby trap goes off. Boom! In his face, loads of smoke, and then. A fantastic it's, fight. This is where really? the fight ensues, and it's proper fighting. And if you think about the size of Robert Shaw and Sean Connery in real life, not small gentlemen, big physiques, bish bash bosh. And this is in the early days of 
stunt work as well, isn't it? This isn't like nowadays where you've got crash mats that are green screen. I, I, I believe I, I had the uh, commentary on, and they were saying um, the stunt men were only used twice in that fight. Maybe. The whole of the fight, the rest of it is actually Shaw and Connery. And I think I I'm, I don't think it's too much of a big statement to say that this particular fight scene and this scene in general has had a huge influence on just spy movies and sort of fight scenes and stuff. Oh yeah. Since, you know, if you think about obviously not just the Bond movies, but even like the Bourne movies where it's close proximity stuff, improvising. um, This really has set the template like, and it still holds up now, you know, there's only a couple of moments in it where you go, But for the most part, the whole scene is just like, fucking hell, I wouldn't want to be in that room. It's really perfectly done, really mm-hmm. violent. Um, and then, yeah, Bond sort of uh, turns the tide a little bit and manages... He to does, he, he gets the grotting wire out, out, doesn't he, Nash? And uh, That's it. And Bond, for, uh, he gets the throwing knife from the bottom of the briefcase, does his, does his arm in with it, turns yeah. his own wire on him, yeah, and in good. a remarkably quick time, kills him. I imagine that strangling someone with a grotting wire takes a bit of time, but... Well, not when you've got Sean Connery's... Well, it was short of breath it. anyway, wasn't it, after all that well, I suppose. Yeah, true. Um, but this is... It's, I didn't realise how sort of down to the wire it was, because he pretty much leaves... Oh, do you get it? Down to the wire. <laughs> Intentional. and um, But he pretty much leaves... Red Grant and into the next room picks her up and that they've got to they've got to get off the train, haven't they? Yeah. Yes. Where yeah. they've arranged for the um for the train to stop in the middle of nowhere, so they can get off. Um. So it all happens really quick. Um. And she's still a bit dozy and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so they get off. They go under the train. The train leaves. And um. The yeah, sort of, the henchman, the truck guy, yeah, shouting for for Grant. Grant. Um, and then, yeah, Bond fucking takes him out. And, yeah. uh, Ties him up with his own belt just to add insult to it. His own belt. Good good improvisation again. Very good, <laughs> yeah. Realistic stuff. And then they, you know, they sort of drive through the night and it's all day for night. Classic. Mm-hmm. Goes on the lens. Yeah. <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> we've, we've, all of a sudden, we've gone from Zagreb to to uh, the um, Glasgow. So, so obviously Scotland. Isn't it? <laughs> it's the, the huge tufts of uh, thistles and uh, tussocks. <laughs> Heather, yeah. So, yeah, so we're in Scotland and then um, this is the, the sort of North by Northwest rip-off, isn't it? Which I think Terence Young just said, yeah, no, I just ripped it off completely. 39, um, North by Northwest, Hitchcock. Uh, but the, it is a really good sort of little helicopter chase. And again, like there's, so they start off in the, in the truck, they throw grenades down at him, which is quite brutal. And there's one that goes off across the windscreen, isn't there? Yeah. It's quite a good it throws the dirt up and everything. Yeah. Um, and so they stop and then they, he sort of runs off with his sniper rifle and the lector. Um, and the, the helicopter chases him across the, uh, the moorland. Shoves her under the back of the well, truck. Mm. Which is obviously in a studio. It's not on location. I just... <sighs> mm. Helicopter henchman, okay? 
yeah. we're flying we're flying above Bond in his in his car. He gets out with his sniper rifle. He's running across the moors. Why don't you just hover there? Use your MP uh, MP forty that you've got and just gun him down. Why why are you flying around trying to drop grenades on him? I don't know. Again, it's is it. I think it's training. I don't know. No, it's it's not that. It's the spectre. It's a bonus system. So for every (laughs) every kill you get with a grenade, you get the bonus at the end of the year. You see, but they they're checking munitions. So you know, if you fire off forty rounds of a machine gun, it's going to cost you your week's wage. Yeah, I don't Um, know. It's just stupid, isn't it? I imagine as well that a helicopter back then was quite an exotic piece of machinery. To be seen on film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it looks, I'll put it this way. I mean, obviously, we mentioned earlier that they've actually crashed one for real. It just fucking went down in the lock. I would never get in that, in one of them helicopters, one of them fucking Perspex bubble helicopters. What are they thinking? It looks, it looks homemade. Um, and because this is pre, you know, like the, the helicopter in The Spy Who Loved Me is like, you know, Proper. 12 years later, 13 years later, and it's a proper helicopter. Like, yeah, no problem. But this one is just, it's, it's a kite. Yeah, but the, the, the principle's the same, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, but... So, yeah, so he manages to shoot one of the guys and and fucking bring it down, doesn't he? Under oh, that. yeah, drops his hand, drops, on hand grenade, drops doesn't he? Drops his grenade, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so then back to the truck. They drive off down to the, um, down to the wharf. And uh, sort of leave the guy with the van, don't they? And jump no, in. they don't. No, oh, no, 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 they, no, no. They take him no. with him, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. ask him, "Can you swim?" And then, boof, offside. That's right. And again, this bit's um, was which quite is very, cool very thing. generous, very generous of Bond because he, he undoes his belt so yeah. he can use his arms. I was like, oh, "Good on you, James. That's damn yeah. decent of you." Yeah, because he could have <laughs> killed him, couldn't he? He kills every bugger else, doesn't he? Why, why has he let him off? <laughs> Maybe they had a nice chat in the van. I don't know. I've got kids, you know. I've got kids. <laughs> I've got a Doberman. <laughs> I've got kids. Um, so, yeah, so they, they get in the motorboats, and then this is the sort of first, again, first sort of real speedboat he kind of chase, isn't it? Smart boat. Well, yeah. smart boat, it's yeah. classic. But why does Bond boat? put the captain's hat on? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> It's like, why? Oh, I'm the captain. I should put this. On. It's impressing her. It's impressing her. Yeah, Watch exactly. how I handle the boat. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe she's like, here, put this on. That'll look good on you. Yeah, I always look at that and I think, why has he got the fucking captain's hat on? It's the least of his worries. So, yeah, so this is where we get um, Morzeni or um, Walter Gottel. Yeah, yeah. With his, with his crew of inept uh, boating people. Um, they um, are a bunch of knobs, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they really are. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can tell he's frustrated with them, isn't he? Get back, number three, get back! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a fucking herding you cat. Know, is it, oh, you sh- they've, they've sent me with this bunch of morons, honestly. <laughs> can you not send me into battle with cadets again, please? Uh, no, but a good scene. They kick the... Uh, kick the fuel drums with the bullet holes into the water. Yeah, it's a good uh, trick, this one. It is, you know, oh, look, I'm surrendering. Hands Pass- up, Mr. Bond, hands up. Yeah, Ahoy, Mr. Bond, ahoy. Ahoy, because we're at sea, we can't say Mr. Bond or A. 
Oh, 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 oh he's, got his, he's got a captain's hat on. Maybe he'll respond to a hi. Yeah, so oh. he pretends to surrender. She passes the uh, flag on. Yeah, in a good quick move, actually. Yeah. And, and he manages, this is another thing, I don't know how he does this, he actually manages to set two flares off without reloading it, which is brilliant. I didn't know. I didn't know they did double barrel flare guns. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, I know that, yeah. So yes, yeah, so you get, and it's a pretty impressive explosion, isn't it? Big. Oh, it's good. Yeah, really, yeah. it still looks good to this day. And then yeah. um, we get There's a little loads bit of, of loads of confusion there amongst the bad guys. They're all yeah. over the place. Don't know what to do. Jumping off willy nilly. Jumping into fire. And he's still got his fog on. <laughs> as, he's, as he's burning, he's still shouting instructions on his fog on before he jumps in. Yeah. <laughs> you bunch of morons! You've done it again! <laughs> For the record. Yeah, I think um, they, they repeat a bit of um, Doctor No music here as well, don't they, from when he blows up um, Doctor No's... Uh, oh, I think they do, yeah, the swirling violin. Yeah, from the uh, yes, they, they do. do. The yeah. Helicopter as well. When he shoots the helicopter, they use that same uh, piece of music, which is again, it just seems a bit out of place. Um, so yeah, so they get away, and um, and I think they manage to get to, well, they drive to Venice, Venice. which is a long way to to go in a boat. Drive to Venice, I think. Yeah. <laughs> We have to get there somehow. They oh on the boat, surely. Um, uh, yeah, so we, I think we pick Bond up in the hotel. Yeah, but do we? At what point do we get? Because um, so, obviously Kronstein's fucked everything up here, hasn't he? Because he said it's a foolproof plan. Oh yeah, do we get? Yeah, I think we I, get. No, I think you're right. I think I, I think, think we go back to Spectre on the boat, and Morzeni's there, going. I'm sorry, I had to jump off the boat. Um, Rosa Klebs there, yeah. Kronstein, and they're all arguing about who's gonna fucking who's responsible, and uh, she just kicks him. Oh no, Morzeni kicks him. Yeah, because when when you see the shot of the uh, knife coming out of the shoe, mm. I automatically presumed it was uh, Rosa Kleb, but no. it's not. It's a good little. Uh, yeah, yeah. I bet that hurt. You know, it, it proper gives it to him in the shin, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's but you know when you walk into the corner of the bed or something as well, it, it hurts even with just a blunt edge, doesn't it? Never mind a knife. So yeah, so so he gets off there. Dramatic, and... dramatic death as well. He's clinging on there to the uh, the old desk as he goes down. That's right. Yeah, so, nah, we must develop a faster acting venom. Yeah, so so I think this is where you know. And Rose is sweating. You can sit sweat on her. She's proper frightened. Yeah, sorted out. She's Rosa. got beads of sweat. Somebody chucked a bucket of water at her. She's that way. <laughs> she's even stood like a naughty schoolgirl as well at one point. She's just sort of like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this is where she's drafted in for the final, final assault uh, in Venice as they're ready sort of to to leave the hotel. Uh, she's posing as a a drag queen, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Some he's in drag as a uh, cleaning lady, and uh, so Tanya yeah. recognises her, um, and I think he bonds on the phone and he's sort of distracted. But then, yeah, he sort of turns around and she's got 
got the gun. She's been, she, but she keeps trying to grab the lector. Mm-hmm. Like, leave it. No, no, leave that. Just leave that there. And then eventually she's pretty much at the door with it. And, with the world's uh, biggest keyring. I don't know if anyone noticed the <laughs> size of a keyring on a belt. <laughs> they like jailers, isn't it? Yeah. But I noticed um, uh, uh, Tanya, <clears throat> she does the old cigarette trick. Because when, when she first sees Rosa, she's having a fag mm-hmm. in the doorway. And then uh, when Rosa calls her in, she, she just throws it out onto the balcony. Honestly, <laughs> it must have been a thing in the 60s. Yeah, you see, it was cheap, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah, so she takes um, Bond's gun out of his shoulder holster, but then throws it. Doesn't she, like, throw it on the floor? Yeah, she does, yeah. Throws it away. So, again, that's one of those ones where it's like, just shoot him. Just shoot him. You've, you've got all the guns. Well, what's Bond doing, right? Having the bloody thing out when the maid's there. Yeah. I know. You think, oh, I better have my gun, Anthony. There's a maid here. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's all right. In fact, I think, does he not put it on while she's there? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I think, it, I think it's, it. I think it's over a chair because she takes it out of. Yeah, the, she the she chair. ends up with it and chucks it away. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then Tanya jumps and grabs Kleb's gun. That's right. And then we're back to the the poison shoe blade. Yeah, the the blade comes out. Fantastic use of a chair by Bond to mm. uh, pin her to the wall. Um, yeah. And she's a and, bit crazy here, isn't she? She's yeah, she, fr- she, makes some God, she makes some awful noises, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, she's getting a bit frantic. Yeah, you like a bit love to hold you. Well, I, mean, I think the noises would be the least of your worries. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But uh, it's it's getting close to her kicking him. Mm. Uh and we're, oh no, you know, is he going to get done? But Tanya grabs the gun, does over Cleb. Yeah, she does well there. Because she, uh, she's, she's sort of waving the gun around. Yeah. You're thinking it's not that hard to aim at anything but Bond, you know. But <laughs> You're she's only a couple of foot around. away from her. Um, <laughs> could even walk right up and just pop her in the head. Quite a convincingly painful death. Oh, yeah, Cleb. She, she really sells the death. Yeah. Between her and Constantine for the death uh, throws. Yeah, definitely. Everything's hunky-dory then. Uh, and I think we catch up with them. They're then in the gondola, are they? Yeah, they're in Venice, aren't they, on the canal? And they're sort um, of relaxing now that they're, they've completed yeah, so the mission. Yes, in the back of the boat there. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, behave yourself, James. They're being filmed. Oh, that reminds me. I've got this porno in my pocket. <laughs> Where's he got it from? Where did he get it How's from? How's he ended up with that? Because Grant had it in his pocket and he said, ah, I did. This will be found on her. Yes, the does. letter will be on you saying, I'm going to bribe you. Right. Um, and uh, Bond starts smooching her, and the, you can just see his hand, and he throws stupidly, most it's elaborate way to throw a piece of film into a canal oh. I've ever seen. Wouldn't you keep it for a rainy day? Nah. Well, there's got to be a better <laughs> way. This is one of your best performances. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Just chuck it, just chuck it away, don't it? And then he waves goodbye you know, yeah. to the to the film, and it's. Oh. This is where they're still searching for the tone of the films, aren't they? They, yeah. they sort of want the cake and eat it. They're like, oh, we want that Red Grant fight, and we want someone choked to death, uh, but but we also want a sort of comic end to the film. It's it's a bit oh. in a, in a mm. box again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then it cuts to a. 
powered boat, you can see the fumes of a, a petrol <laughs> motor, away from Venice and the titles roll. Yeah. With the iconic Matt Munro song yeah, the over one. the over the end credits. It's it's an all time classic. Even they, now, as they say something like, "This is not the end." Bond will return in uh, uh, golf. Yeah. It's it the first one, yeah, to to sort of um, to sort of have the yeah James Bond will return in the credits. Um, so yeah, it's sort of it's another thing that's been sort of set, mm. uh, another sort of template setter. So yeah, so what's the sort of overall overall feelings? Then we we sort of. You know, we were quite critical of bits. Oh, I, think. I wouldn't say we're critical. We're, we're, we're poking fun. Yeah, but I, I, it's a good film. Solid film. Uh, oh, solid nine film. Nine out of ten. Absolutely. I think it's it's one of the stronger Bond films by a long way. Yeah. And like you say, Ed, it sets so much for the rest of the Bond films in, in, that, in that film. Mm. You know, you've got your, your grumpy uh, Bernard and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, the sort of sadistic humour as well. Like you know, like when he, whenever he sort of kills someone or something happens, he's got a quip for it, and there's yeah, yeah. a bit of violence, but a bit of sort of yeah, a bit of fun as well. Which I think they take to the nth degree in Goldfinger. It starts to get really playful, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, it's it's a. I, I do like it as a sort of moment in time. This film. Yeah, because yeah. a lot a lot of people's favourite Sean is Goldfinger, which I can never quite work out. Because to me, it's nowhere near as good as from uh, from Russia with Love. Mm, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But I think people like the the casual Bond fan likes the sort of fun, the sort of memorable. It's got a memorable villain. Yeah, memorable henchman. And you're older people. Car. It reminds them of the time it came out, and it was you know, of its time. It was iconic and. Mm, the hype uh-huh. around it, but no, solid, solid film with some proper spying in it. Yeah, which I do feel tapers off as the series goes on. Yeah, when, uh, when Rogers, I'm gonna say Roger doesn't do much spying, does he? You know, when he <laughs> says, "Oh, I'm, I'm James Bond, the international spy. Have you got the bridal suite for me?" <laughs> well, uh, can you make sure there's some cameras filming, please? Yeah, exactly. Uh, excellent. Well, that was fun. Fun conversation. Up to body will return. return.